Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Formula One for 2022 gets underway this weekend with as much anticipation heading into a season that we've ever seen, that we've never seen before. The Bahrain GP launches this year with a tussle for the title, all but guaranteed between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, and tensions at an all-time high between their teams. As the sport has grown, thanks to Drive to Survive and a true rivalry, there will be many of you, including us, that have some burning questions for the year ahead. When it comes to F1 and Baz and Izzy for breakfast, there is only one man for the job. Chris Medlin is a freelance F1 journalist and he's freshly landed in Bahrain. And it's evening to you, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're doing very, very well, mate. We're two hours into our jam-packed show covering all sport racing and I've been watching Drive to Survive, mate, so I'm up and about loving the series. Are you ready to throw yourself into another season of F1? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way it ended last year, I'll tell you. It was, it was not much of an off-season. It has been crazy the way last year blew up. Uh, the, whole, the whole winter has been mad. But to be honest, actually, I am really excited to be here because... We need to get going again. We need to go racing again. Like it, mm. it was kind of settled on the track, but it kind of wasn't last year, and there was a lot of uh, yeah anger at the way it all kind of shook out in the end. So the only way we're really going to start moving on from it is for these guys to go wheel to wheel again and start start settling on track. So uh, yeah, I can't wait for the racing to start. Just could have done with an extra week or two, I reckon, and a bit of downtime could have come could have helped to come down under and just. Head head down to New Zealand and have a bit <laughs> of a break, like you guys asked me to at the end of last year. I should have should have taken you up on it. Should have taken us up on it, mate. But in all honesty, you won't be able to get in here. We're still locked up in here in New Zealand. But maybe soon, mate, we'll get you over, Chris. Hey, uh, is it still just a two-horse race? You know, like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, they are probably the obvious ones that will take out the Drivers' Championship. Is there anyone else that could potentially push them and surprise them? Yeah, absolutely. I'd actually say it's if it's a two-horse race this weekend, like if I had to say it now and I might look stupid come Sunday or, or Monday over there, um, I'd say it's a two-horse race between Red Bull and Ferrari this weekend because Ferrari look like they've got it mm. right this year. 
they've done a really good job with their new yeah. car. Like the, the rules are totally different. These are brand new cars. Uh, most of the guys that designed them have said it's the biggest change F1's ever seen. Um, so it's it's a massive kind of like start of a new era. But Red Bull have done a good job. Ferrari have done a good job. Mercedes have done a solid job. They've got a car that's clearly quick. They just can't work out how to make it go quick. So um, they're kind of <laughs> still trying to suss it out, basically. It's a bit temperamental. But when they get it right, they'll be right in that mix too. So um, at the start of the year, we could have this great scenario where there's three or maybe even four teams fighting it out, which would be mega to see to have like Hamilton awesome. and Verstappen, but also Sainz and Leclerc in there as well. Maybe Norris and Ricardo if the McLaren's good. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 looking pretty good for this year. With all the Chris, with all the drama mm. with Lewis and Verstappen late last year, and the and the so-called thinking about throwing the towel, and is he still motivated, Lewis? Do you think to get back out there and win a title? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing is with Lewis is, and sometimes he has to manufacture this himself, but he didn't need to have the winter. Is his best performances come when his back's against the wall and he feels like things are against him? So, you know, if he's got a bit of adversity, he's he's really on it. And it, that happened a bit towards the end of last year. There was a race in Brazil where uh, he had to start from the back because of penalties he got that he thought were unfair. He got disqualified from qualifying for basically part of the car failing during his qualifying run. Uh, and he was really angry and fired up. And he produced one of his greatest performances. That sort of thing really motivates him. So coming into this year, feeling like he was wronged at the end of last season, that's a real kind of... Um, that's that's going to stoke the flames for him. So he's already mentioned it. He said, if you guys thought I was good last year or at the end of last year, you haven't seen anything yet. And he's on the verge of going like out on his own with eight world titles. You know, Michael Schumacher's got seven. Lewis has got seven. He so nearly got eight last year. Didn't quite happen. And I don't think he'd like anything more than to come out and win it this year and maybe walk away at that point. <laughs> but to have put himself clear with eight championships and to kind of, in his eyes, righted the wrong of the way last year was handled. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's really fired up. So so does it does it make him the favourite or is he another favourite? Do you think? No, right now based on what we saw in testing, so when we got to see the new cars and kind of how they look, I, I think Verstappen's the favourite again. Um, I think that his approach won't change. He's still young and you know in in a way of saying it, he's young and naive. He just kind of gets in the car, drives it quickly. Whatever happens, happens. You know, doesn't care about the repercussions too much, and that really works well for him. Uh, it's why a lot of people like him as well. He's just kind of carefree in that sense. He just wants to go racing and drive a car fast. And mm. he he clearly hasn't been impacted by winning a world title. He's just come back to go racing again. And I think that means we'll see kind of the best from him too, maybe with an added bit of confidence that he doesn't need to prove anything to anyone in the sense that he's got a title under his belt. But the Red Bull car looks quick. They, they've done a good job over the winter. Uh, I just think they're right now they're in a little bit more settled place than Mercedes are. Uh, that that will definitely change over the season. It's a 23 race season. You know, it'll ebb and flow, and and we'll see um, kind of the pecking order move around a bit this year because there'll be a lot of development going on and a lot learned with the new cars. But where we start from right now, uh, if I was putting money on a race winner on Sunday, it would be on Verstappen. Mm, interesting, interesting. Hey, we had Will Baxton on last week, and he spoke about the the changes in the car. He didn't get him too much into detail, but for our car enthusiasts, what what are the biggest changes in the car and you talked about red bull quickly as am i right if they have the honda honda's left the red bull car so they've got a different make of engine kind of so yeah honda's left f1 but red bull took over the honda project so the, it's called a red bull engine basically um but it's the honda yep. from like well it's, it's a new honda that honda developed last year got ready for this year gave to red bull uh, honda is still supporting they're still building stuff they've got a partnership there but it's just not officially a, a honda engine now 
Um, so yeah, mm. it's, it's essentially the same thing on that front. So that that's good continuity for them. In terms of the cars themselves, um, the way they used to work, they would generate all their performance from downforce from wings and, and the aerodynamics on the top of the car, um, the front wing, the rear wing, uh, and the diffuser at the back of the floor. But they were never allowed to do anything with the actual floor itself underneath the car. Um, it, there was this thing called ground effect where basically, in a very basic way of saying it, you could try and suck the car to the track by creating kind of tunnels that mm. would fire air through them. And they were banned uh, back in the 80s, early 80s, because it was too dangerous. For the first time since then, F1's allowing it again. So now the floors are being used Ooh. to create the most downforce possible uh, because it would ideally mean the car behind doesn't get so affected by it. It's just like kind of a, a, a safer way or a different way of creating that, that performance. Uh, so you don't then drive mm. into a load of messed up air by the car in front and lose all your performance. So the whole idea is to make racing better. Um, and yeah, it, it now means that most of the downforce or a big chunk of it comes from the floor, which was never the case for the last 40 years so that's why it's such a big difference as well it's it's kind of a new thing to a lot of people in the sport uh, and they're dealing with 40 year old problems which is quite funny so there's there's a lot of old boys that have retired and have been watching testing and seeing the difficulties that all the teams are facing and just laughing at them being like yeah yeah we had that back in the 80s you guys should have given, given me a call so uh it's been quite funny in that sense hey chris i just i've got a question for you do you like go to bed at night and just you know, put on your meditation music and fall asleep and dream about F one like you're driving one of those Red Bull or Mercedes cars. Absolutely, bloody not. No, <laughs> 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 I think anything but, mate. Uh, it's it's more kind of like um, I mean, half the time I don't even dream because I'm just like you know so tired. I'm just dead to the world. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's anything but F one. It's um, I mean, we, yeah, you, you do live it. It is a lifestyle. You have to you know you travel around with it. Twenty three races in a year. That's like over half of your year is spent on the road going to events. Mm. Um, and you're you're kind of always thinking about it. But um, no, the second you kind of get away from work, you try and think of anything else. So like tonight, I'm thinking mm. I might be able to sneak in a, a cheeky nine holes of golf before I have to go to the track tomorrow morning. That's that's going to be on my mind. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. I love golf too, mate. Good on you. Um, quickly, <laughs> what about Daniel Ricciardo? Daniel Ricciardo, like, he struggled last year with McLaren and uh, Lando Norris. Was, they had the same car. There was questions about Daniel Ricciardo's confidence. Has he come back fired up? Is, are we expecting big things? And this is, is this a must? Is this a moving season for him? Or otherwise, is he, he, is he gone? It's definitely a big season for him. He's still got a contract next year with McLaren. So like, even if he has a tough one this mm. year, I think he'll still have another season with them to try and prove himself. But that will really mm. hurt his rep if he goes two years in a row and gets beaten by uh, Norris and, and struggles. I wouldn't judge him on this weekend because he, he started pre-season well. He had a good run in Barcelona when we had three days of testing there in February. But then last week he tested positive for COVID here in Bahrain. So he's been isolating yeah. for a week wasn't able to drive the car so he's he's behind everyone else really in terms of um how up to speed with the new car he is mclaren as well we're having a bit of trouble with their brakes being too hot so they couldn't really drive too much so the team had problems mm. to solve ricardo didn't get any track time I, I think he'll have a tough weekend actually this weekend um but i'd kind of write mm. that off it'll be a test session for him just a bit of experience get used to the car again we go racing again in a week in saudi arabia and that's when we will hopefully see a little bit more of the the kind of true ricardo but I think the fact that the rules have changed so much probably help him. It, it's an, a whole mm. new era means 
that he can lean on his experience a bit, but the problems he had last year don't carry over because the cars are so different. So um, I'd expect a stronger Daniel Ricciardo this year, and I'd, I'd be surprised if we didn't get it. But if we don't get it, then he's still got one more year to prove himself. But yeah, it would be pretty damaging to his reputation if if he doesn't really take the fight to Norris this year. Hey, Chris, one of the reasons where you know people are so invested in Formula One is obviously drive to survive. It's been a smash hit, and like it or not, it's mm. drawn more people to the sport, which can only be a good thing. And I think we've spoken to you about this. Two of the protagonists from that show, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner, I watch it, and all I think about is, yeah, but what are they really like? Like, Christian Horner kind of seems like it's performance art with him, and Toto, you almost feel like he's got another layer that you just don't see. You've been around the sport so long. You know these guys. Um, you, you see them interact with their team, with their families probably. What are they actually like, and do they play it up? So, yeah, so the thing with... I always found Christian, he was, he's was he been playing the Netflix cameras like since the first series because Mercedes and Ferrari didn't get involved with the first series, and Christian saw an opportunity for Red Bull to really muscle in on it, get a lot of airtime, become you know fan-favourite mm-hmm. team. It was very smart, like yeah, fair play to him because he committed to it when they were the biggest team to commit to the series. Um, and Mercedes and Ferrari had to admit after a year that they'd got it totally wrong and they needed to be part of it too. So I have respect for him being fully involved, but a lot of it was um, kind of knowing it was for TV. And and he apparently half criticised the Netflix guys after the first season when he saw it about the way they um, portrayed him a bit. But then he admitted, well, it's for TV though, isn't it? So I know what you're doing. And I think he, because he is a smart guy, he's then he's been playing it since then. So I don't think it's truly him. I think he's a little bit more normal, actually, than he comes across in some of that stuff. Um, he's, yeah, he's very self-confident. There's clearly a, quite a showbiz lifestyle in the sense that he's married to a, a Spice Girl and, you know, the, the life they lead is quite uh, glamorous and high profile. But I do think that he probably turns it up a notch for Netflix. Toto, I just can't mm. work out in that uh, he's <laughs> always been, he's been really straight laced. Like he's, he's a really kind of normal guy to deal with one-to-one, very honest, um, like gives you, you know, I, I don't know if I can swear on this show, but um, yeah, he, he, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's like, let's just play it, kind of. It's, it's morning, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so it, yeah, because you know BS, he's very he's very like a, a straight talker when you talk to him in person, but then yeah, when the cameras are rolling, you can tell he's thinking a little bit more when he's on record. He's trying to outsmart people a little bit more, and part of it is that these guys are are very smart people because that's how they've got to where they are, and they're also ruthless. And what you get, even like what I get with some of these guys, and I think I'm I'm getting like a, a true version of them. Perfect. <laughs> Change they're dealing with. So it, it's um I don't think anyone truly knows the real person unless they live with them. So um mm. I mean Susie Wolf's lovely and she puts up the Toto, so he must be a decent guy. Um, <laughs> that, that's the way I read it. Chris, one last question, mate, and that's great. That's a great explanation. I kind of figured that. What about your countryman, um, Will Buxton? Because we had him on the show last <laughs> week, and he just yeah. he just comes across like a ripper, and I don't know if you guys have some journalism feud or anything, so I'm kind of asking blind here, but um, he, he, he obviously, <laughs> the pregnant pauses and the way he plays up in the show, he must be a good guy, right? And, and is it funny, like just a colleague, because he's just a, a TV and, and journalist, right? He's a Formula One journalist. Him and Jenny kind of blowing up via the show, is it quite funny looking at them and just being like, well, that's, it's quite random how this all happened? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, um, so with Will especially, like he was on the first season that I was on as well. And he 
um, is very good at, at kind of hyping stuff up. He's, he's very good like performer as such, but he is like that a lot in person as well. You guys would have noticed it the way he spoke and answered questions. Oh yeah. Um, I, I always, before I met Will, so I, I get on really well with him now. I've known him for quite a few years, but before I met him, I always figured that was his kind of like on screen presence was, you know, that he turned it on for the camera and then was more, dare I say normal, um, when the cameras weren't rolling and then found no, that that guy is 100% of the time like that. Um, but also that's quite kind of cool because I'm like, well, he's authentic at least. Um, he's very passionate. He's a mm. passionate. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's enormous, the passion in it. Um, and he's seen all the memes that are going around and stuff. And I think he plays up a bit. I've noticed that the, I saw bits <laughs> of the later season. I haven't seen a huge amount and it's getting more and more scripted for those guys. So I did the first season and I had to do a few bits that were a bit scripted in terms of explaining, you know, the way a race weekend works and things like that. And Will had to do that this year. But a lot of it was just to give an honest answer. But there was, as Netflix kind of got smart to what was going to work, they start asking you to say certain things or they ask you a really leading question. And more and more, yeah, Will and Jenny just have to kind of answer what they're, what they're told to answer because it's going to fit the edit. Um, but it, it is what works. It is what brings it to a massive new audience. And yeah, Will has to say some of the most basic stuff but say it in a really dramatic way. That's, and he's getting a lot of stick for it. That's it. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It must be so funny for you like to have a colleague just sucking eggs on, on telly. But, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the best thing for an editor, right? Because anything they can't explain via vision, they can just have got like a, a person there that can pretty much narrate it but as an interviewer. It's very clever like, the way it's put together from a um, production standpoint. It is very, very clever, but it must be random for you. Chris, we'll let you go because you've got a massive weekend. You've got a huge season and it's always so good to catch up. You're very good at explaining things for us. Thanks for asking, answering some of our burning questions. It's awesome to uh, catch up, and, and best of luck for the year ahead. Hopefully you um, Cheers, Chris. Hopefully you play all right tomorrow morning and, and can work it like Cam Smith, <laughs> that up and down on the 18th there at TPC. Just channel that, mate. Just channel that, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Chris Medlin there, Formula One journalist, um, and just all-around great bloke, is he? Very, very good catch-up. I know Kempi was highly invested into that conversation. He loved the nitty-gritty detail up and about there. So, no, yeah, I love the flow, it, the flow underneath the car, mate. That got me going a bit. <laughs> no, honestly, that's the amount of detail and money that goes into this sport. Huge amounts of money that flows. And these boys sleep on soup yachts when they're in Monaco, mate. They have got Kimpy. tons of cash. It's not all about swinging arms over the you top know, and coming know, off the back you know, fence, mate. There's a bit more nuance to sport. Do you honestly, wanna, do you honestly <laughs> want to know what I was thinking? No. no. <laughs> no. Do you want to be my lover? Honestly, that's all I was, I was going. Never, oh, yeah, I ever do that again. I remember those girls. Yeah, they were quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> 22 and a half past eight. <laughs> Thanks to the Kimmel's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Thanks to Chris Midland. He's an absolute legend. Uh, I love having him on the show. Paulie Moati, the party, not far away. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.